I knew I wanted to play college since I was about 14. I was talking to this coach, Coach Ella, super excited to go. He was like, yep, you're going to be great here. The week after I'd committed to that school and said, yep, I'm coming. This is going to be awesome. He actually upped and left. Everyone's position was up for grabs. I walked into the gym thinking, all right, let's feel this out a little bit. Just take a couple of warm-up shots, get the feel for who everyone is. That first session, everyone was out for blood. I am going to put my mark on this team. I'm going to be the starter. Some guy hit seven threes in a row. I chipped a tooth in that. What have I got myself into? here. Got into my first game. Back cut on this guy. Had an open lane to the ring. Bounce pass. Caught it. I was like, oh. My friend Ben was in the stands. He's like, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. We drew up this play that the other team had. Alright, whatever you do, do not cheat under this screen. I get subbed in and they're going to run the play. He goes over the screen. I take one step. I'm like, oh no. I'm under the screen. And they've thrown the ball up. This guy, his waist was up above my head and he's caught the ball and he just throws it down. I just started walking to the bench. It was difficult coming to Augie at the beginning. After basically getting 100% on my exams at ANC, came into capsules class, took that test. I was like, there's nothing on this exam that I understand. I got the result back for that. I got a 42%. Oh no, I've made a mistake. I need to go back. I was working in that government sector and basically we were helping local South Dakotan businesses export to other countries. So I met all these general consulates from like Peru, Bolivia, Spain, Belgium, all over the world. When a school puts on an event, typically you think, oh, it's lame. Like, I'm not going to go to that. But they genuinely made weekends difficult to decide on where I wanted to go. Do I want to go to this party? Do I want to go to that party? Do I want to go to that club? Or do I want to do the thing that Augie was doing. It was paralyzing how much choice you had. You're probably not going to be surrounded by as many people that are like-minded and the same age in that same space ever again after that. Welcome back to college. I'm your host, Zach Stevenson, and today in the classroom, we're joined by our very first in-person guest. This person's dream from a young age was to play college basketball in the USA. After hanging up the boots off the back of a super fun and successful debut basketball season, this person was left wanting a new challenge. Halfway through his junior year, he came to his senses and realised that the Midwest is best and transferred to Augustana University. Overcoming a few hurdles to begin with, he quickly found his feet, got his degree done, but more importantly, had the time of his life. Finishing with a major in business and a minor in finance, this person is currently working in sales at a technology company in Sydney. Recording all the way from the land down under, please enjoy the conversation with my twin brother, Max, or Max Stevenson. Welcome back to college. Yeah, thank you very much. Long time listener, first time guest, loving it. Amazing. This is actually our first in-person back to college episode, so... You should feel honoured. Yeah, it is an honour. Happy to be here. And this, yeah, thank you very much for having me in this space. This is awesome. Yeah. It's, uh, well, for those who don't know, Max is actually living in Sydney. So I've flown up to come and see him and obviously doing some other things during the week. But one of the priority lists was to sit down and have a chat about Max's college experience. I think it is a little bit different because Max actually went to two colleges. He did end up at Augustana, which is primarily where all the guests on this show are from, but he went to ENC, Eastern Nazarene College, before that. And so we're just going to... For me, I think there's a lot of stuff that I would like to uncover too, so um, I'm excited to have a chat about it and uncover some of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. I think the um, yeah transfer experience was something quite different as well. Um, it was definitely a lot easier knowing quite a few people at Augie, but yeah, excited to have a bit of a chat about it. Terrific. Okay, so my first sort of question is, how did you find ENC? 
Yeah, so ANC and Augustana were quite different in a few ways. Uh, ANC was definitely a lot more on the religious side, which is fine for some people. It probably wasn't my cup of tea, I guess. Uh, the big difference was probably the size. So ANC was in Boston, Massachusetts. And so big city, quite a small college. I think there was 800 students probably at most. And then Augustana was quite a few more than that, but then in a small town. So it was a bit of a different experience, but... I quite enjoyed both for their own different reasons. Right, okay. Yeah, that's, that's good to know. I think we have a bit of contrast as well, um, which will be, be good to explore later on. So we both wanted to go to college to play basketball. That was kind of our dream. And I think you were a lot more into that, that sort of year after high school when we had that sort of nine months to find a college to go to just because of the school years don't quite line up. That, that's So we had nine months where we had a bit of a gap year to um, – yeah, just to, to f- figure out how this whole college thing was going to work. It's not easy just to pick a school and go to the US. Um, and we wanted to find colleges that would be a good fit for us. I think basketball was the main focus back in that time. So what was that process like in finding a school over in the US? Yeah, it was, um, it was an interesting process because throughout the whole thing, we both knew that we weren't going to be able to go visit it first. There is that sort of not luck, but you do have to put quite a few assumptions forward. So, and I guess a big thing was early on, we did that first application where we realized that if we both apply together, we're not going to get as good a scholarship. Like, do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, we were even looking at, well, you know, there's a good chance that we end up going to the same school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, um, so that process was, uh, we both went through a recruiting agency where they, um, basically put us in contact with coaches. And so I had three that I was quite interested. So Castleton, which was in, do you remember where that one? Was it New Jersey or oh, I think it was Vermont, Vermont. Vermont, yeah, that's right. And so you and me were both looking at that one. And then there was George Fox University in Oregon, Staten Island, so I'm going to say four here, but Staten Island University, um, and then also ANC. So those were sort of the top four. And I talked to the coaches at all of them. And towards the end, it sort of became between staten island and enc and i ended up choosing enc just because it was a lot smaller i talked to the coach i actually talked to one of the players um Ant petrelli before i went and that was that was actually quite helpful in you know knowing what to expect and in the end i chose that one amazing so and there was lots of during that time i think you had definitely gone into that recruiting agency a lot quicker than i did and i sort of felt like i just piggybacked off the top of that later on because i was i'm gonna uh umming and ahhing if I was actually going to go um, for certain different reasons. Um, but I think you'd already, you'd definitely decide like, yeah, this is like the time has come. I want to go to the US and study and, and play basketball over there as the main goal. And there's lots of talking with different coaches from all those different schools that you mentioned. And it was, yeah, it's quite a long process. But what was it specifically that stood out about ANC that you thought, okay, that's where I'm going to go? Yeah, it... um. It was obviously like a combination of different things. Talking to Ant, um, sort of FaceTiming him beforehand, like said, yeah, it's quite a small school, but um, yeah, there's a lot of upside. It was really interesting because the coach that recruited me wasn't actually the coach that ended up coaching me. So I was talking to this uh, coach, Coach Ella, super excited to go. He was like, yeah, you're going to be great here. We'll, you know, first season, we've got quite a few bigs, but after that, you'll have quite a good pathway in. You know, moving forward in the team and I was really excited about that and then I think it was after I think it was the week after I'd committed to that school and said yep I'm coming this is going to be awesome 
he actually upped and left. Like, oh my God, what do I do now? Like, do I still go? What do I do? Oh um, my God. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. Like I was, um, you know, I knew I wanted to play college since I was about 14 um, in those early sessions with um, Pete and KB, those coaches. Um, and so I was really keen to do that. But yeah, that week after I was like, oh my God, what do I do? Do I keep going? Do I change schools? Do I go back to Staten Island? Um, the reason I went to ENC over Staten Island, Staten Island was 20,000 students. ENC was less than 1,000. I was like, okay, that's... 20,000 just seems way too big. I'll just go to the smaller school and sort of fit in there. There's a huge difference, yeah. And, um, well, yeah, smaller school would seemingly allow you to fit in a little bit nicer and, yeah, have that sort of closer-knit community feel. Yeah, that was the idea. And I think it did work out quite well that way. I think ENC was a little bit small for my liking. Like, I probably would want it probably Augustana size. Um, but just going back to the coach leaving... One of the craziest things was when I actually got there and I'd met um, Coach Polsgrove, the new coach, all of a sudden he announced that everyone, everyone's position was up for grabs. He said, it's open tryouts. No one that's actually been committed to the team is on the team. We're going to run tryouts at the end, at the start of the season. I didn't know whether I was going to have a spot or not. So you're a bit scared then, thinking, oh, I've come all this way. I'm not even guaranteed a spot. Yeah, it was um, really bad. Like It was kind of good because... It made me work really hard and things like that. But I, yeah, I was devastated. I was like, oh my God, like I've got to, I've done all this work since I was like, you know, 10 years old, trying to get to the point where I'm at. I've been committed to a team and now all of a sudden I'm not guaranteed a spot on that team anymore. So I remember like every pre-session or pre-season workout, any gym session, I was like, yep, I'm in. I needed to be able to do this and yeah, run with that. Yeah, really just spurred you on to work as hard as you could because, I mean, fun for your well, not quite your life, but, yeah, there's a lot on the line for that because, I mean, I guess, yeah, well, <laughs> the other options, we have no idea what, what could have happened after that if that didn't go to plan. Yeah, if it didn't go to plan, I was just going to chill for, like, six months and then probably come home, I guess. But, um, yeah, so yeah, it was talking to the coach afterwards, though, so just before, I guess when he started announcing the teams, I remember the sitting in coach's office and he was going to tell me whether I was part of the team or not. And he's just like, well, yeah, of course you're part of the team. You came all the way from Australia. We're not going to cut you. I was like, wait. Oh, now you're telling me that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that would have. Um, so I think, yeah, it was probably part of his plan. It's like, well, yeah, he's going to work super hard if, you know, if that happens. Maybe not, but it definitely did help in getting me ready for the season. So Terrific. I think uh, this is great because we're already covering stuff that we've never really talked about before. And I wanted to, to wind back a little bit. And so in the, in the trailer of this podcast, I sort of share the story that moment when I say goodbye to you, mum and dad, as I walk into the plane. And to be honest, I'm not really too sure of your journey, what happened after that, because, I mean, I left and I was just full focused, surrounded in this new environment. So what was your journey actually like getting over to the US? Yeah, it was pretty easy from what I can remember. But you're right, you do just go into like that tunnel vision. It's like, okay, this is a new chapter I've got to just focus on this because, yeah, I can't even – I feel like the first time we talked was probably a couple of weeks after we actually got there. Cause yeah, just because so much stuff happens that first couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, and it's like what is going on? Where am I? How does this work? But, yeah, like it was pretty easy. So I flew from uh, Melbourne, Sydney, Sydney to LA, then across to Boston. I remember that Boston flight was just super long. I was a bit, yeah, not too happy with that. But I got to Boston at like – 8 or 9 p.m., both the coaches picked me up, which was pretty cool. Oh, sweet. 
yeah, went and got some Maccas and just talked about the differences in size of soft drinks. I remember that for some reason, like, because, yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, it'll probably get you a medium because uh, a large over here is, like, large. I was like, yeah, <laughs> fair <laughs> Thanks, enough. Coach. Yeah, I was like, oh, looking after me, coach, getting me into good physical shape. And so that was the new coach too. Yeah, yeah, that was the new one. So that was um, that was the first time I'd actually met him as well, which was kind of weird because – was quite a big commitment from my end and yeah I was like oh hey bro <laughs> that's that's wild and then what happened when you actually like got to campus did you get shown around or anything because obviously it was late at night yeah no it was super late so it was just like yeah see you in the morning kind of deal um that first night was really weird because obviously since I got in late I didn't have a chance to get anything I just had whatever was on my back basically which yeah it's fine but it was so hot in that room. There was no air conditioning or anything. I think it was, you know, 80, 90 degrees that night or whatever, and it was just hot. So I wasn't able to sleep until I kind of realised the floors were like tiles. So I decided, oh, I'll just, like, grab my pillow and my blanket and go to sleep on the floor because at least that's, like, semi-bearable. Nice and cool. Yeah, so I was, like, sleeping on the floor. And then, my like, I was super early to campus as well because I wanted to make sure I wasn't jet-lagged. Um... But, yeah, then my RA, it, like, knocked on the door. He's like, dude, welcome to college. And he just saw the stuff on the floor. He's like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> I know you guys in Australia do it a little bit differently, but, like, what are you going – like, what's going on here? Yeah. So, yeah, that was a interesting first impression I made there. Yeah, it's funny. I think it's, it's pretty common to a lot of people I speak with, maybe the exception being if their parents have sort of travelled overseas with them at college, but a lot of us are just sort of – left in our rooms and with with nothing like just a few clothes to sleep on and just like not equipped at all so it is very much just throwing yourself in a new environment yeah I think that is something that's really great about that experience though as well because yeah it is quite a difficult and confronting experience I suppose but yeah putting exposing yourself to that just makes you all the better like I feel like making that journey across to the US and just being thrown in that deep end, not knowing anyone, not being shown around, just having to work it out, like that's so much fun and you just become so much more independent from that experience. Right. And so apart from your RA, who were some of the first people that you sort of met? Yeah. Um, the first couple of days, no one really. Like um, Coach Salem, he was super cool. He was the assistant coach. I had a few meals with him and things like that. Um. But yeah, I probably didn't meet anyone until school actually started and we did these little welcome groups. So I think in my group, I remember Caleb Kebab, we played that game where you do the first letter of your first name with a food. So I remember Caleb Kebab. Um, and then, yeah, through him, I think I met like Ben Chung and Jose uh, Tori and all those people, which, yeah, I still, I wouldn't say I keep in contact regularly with them, but yeah, definitely like enjoy the time we spent. That was sort of your friends throughout your time at ENC though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I think I was decently close to them throughout the whole time. So, obviously, yeah. being a small school, there wasn't much choice after that. <laughs> yeah. So, and because I guess Augustana's a bit different to ENC um, in that Augustana has a big international program, but there's only a few other international students at ENC. Yeah, I think there was nine off the top of my head. Um, there was a couple guys from Germany on the tennis team. Um, yeah, people from all over the world, but. It definitely wasn't the same as Augustana where there was just so many international students. And I think that's interesting because you know, I think especially being Australian, a lot of the American culture like just loves that. Like it's pretty easy to have a conversation with someone from America about that and 
you know, people get quite excited. But I think just naturally as an international student, you get drawn to other international students because they're going through quite a similar experience to you. So I think that was something that was really enjoyable about Augie was that there was just so many people that were experiencing the same things you were. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I think that, I mean, that's almost like the whole podcast is about that we've discovered that the international students really just sort of, um, yeah, find each other and, and because just be just the experiences that they have coming from overseas, um, it's, yeah, it's hard for Americans, local students to understand that. So did you say that you had more American friends or more international friends at ANC? Yeah, definitely more American friends. Um, yeah, that was just sort of the group I fit into. Like um, towards the end, I, I hung out more with the German guys and um, yeah, Alex from Russia as well. I had such an awesome time with them. But even though we came in at the same time, I probably didn't start hanging out with them until my last year at ANC. Yeah. And so when you got to ANC, did you already decide what you were going to study? I mean, yeah, <laughs> but no, I was, um, I think I, my major was sports management when I started and that was definitely because I just wanted to go play basketball, not because I wanted to go to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of athletes have that experience going over to the States or um, just starting college sports. It's like, well, I don't really know what I want to study. The goal is to get here to play a sport and then, yeah, you kind of figure it out from there. So I think I did sports management for first year or so and then I kind of realized that that probably wasn't what I wanted to do uh, long term and then that's when I switched to business yeah okay and then so what were some of those classes at ENC like yeah I found that the classes were quite easy at ENC um, especially in comparison to Augie so especially towards the beginning I, I remember taking this biology class and I think just in general Australian education is held to a, probably a bit of a higher standard. Um, you know, obviously that's a huge generalisation, but I think, yeah, we, we do kind of do a deeper dive into some things. So I remember taking this biology class early on at ENC, and I hadn't done biology since year 10, but, yeah, like, ace the class, thought it was, like, super Still easy. Still knew it all. Yeah, yeah. just learnt it, yeah, much earlier on. Mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. I was like, yeah, so easy. Yeah. yeah um, okay. So it's pretty easy. Do you have any... I feel like you've told me a few funny stories before about some of your classes. So I don't know if you have any of those to bring up. Whether it's about, I don't know, funny moments with professors or students doing fun something funny. Yeah, I remember one of the first classes I was in. It was a, a coaching management class, I think it was. And so we were going through the role and it goes, um, Anthony, Anthony, are you here? Like silence. I was like, oh, weird. Like, you know, I didn't really think anything of it. Anthony, Anthony, this guy like shouts from out the back. It's tuna. Call me tuna. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and so yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah. You call me tuna, not not Anthony. You change that now. I was like, oh, okay. And then yeah, for the rest of the time, that that was tuna. And so you never met him before. You just heard him shout from the back of the class. Yep, I'm tuna. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, which I kind of rate that. Like yeah, you just get called a nickname and you send it. But yeah, I was like, what is going on here, bro? <laughs> That's pretty funny. I think there's lots of times that you, yeah, we'd we'd just call or FaceTime or whatever and, and you'd just be saying all the funny stuff that happens in your classes just because of how easy it is. Like even during some of the tests, like you could just open book, 
open communication. You can just discuss with people what the answers were and things like that. Yeah, some of those classes probably weren't held to the highest standard. And I think that that is kind of what led eventually to me like wanting to change. There were some really great classes at ENC, like especially some of those classes with um, Dr. Murphy, like had the best time and learned so much in those. But yeah, there was definitely some of those other ones that the tests were easy. You could basically communicate as you wanted in the, like, in the test. It was, um, yeah, I probably wasn't being challenged that much there. So at one point, I think it was in my, I would have been halfway through my sophomore year. And I was kind of like, oh, you know, I find this kind of easy. It'd be cool to take some extra credits. So I ended up doing like 18 credits in a semester, which is just one extra class than what you normally take. Um, and yeah, I was like, oh, that wasn't too hard. So then I decided, oh, okay, what if I did 26 credits? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So 16, I was 20, 24, sorry. 16 credits is typically makes up a full-time like studying schedule. I think 15, isn't it? Because it's five three-credit classes. I think it might be a little bit different. All year. But yeah, so yeah. it was like I was taking 15 credits, decided to do one more to 18, and then I thought, what if I just took two more classes? I just did 26. Yeah, I did like all the math on it. I was like, what if I did that? So that means I could take 26 credits in uh, the fall, and then I could take a break for the spring, then come back the next fall and then finish up. So I, I could like take a whole semester off and just work. And I was like, oh, that's a better like ROI on my time. But yeah, I remember coming into Dr. Holt's office, who was my advisor, and he's like, what have you done? <laughs> like, how on earth did you even fit that into a schedule? Like, I didn't even know that that was possible to like fit that, let alone actually do that. I was like, well, you can see my transcript here. Like, I'm clearly fine with this. Like, can we just like move this forward? Like, I'm keen to just get out of here. And that was when I was sort of talking to you and you mentioned like how much of a good time you were having. Like I was kind of ready to just get out of there. I was keen to just finish up. Um, but yeah, then you were like, oh no, like why do you want to take a semester off? You should come here. Like it'd be so much better. I was sort of dismissive of that. Um, but yeah, then when I actually came to Augie after that December break, we, we did the winter break down in New Orleans, Nashville and Memphis. And then we came to Augie after that for a couple of weeks. And I was like, yeah, okay. I think, um, yeah, this could be kind of fun. Yeah, so why why did you want to leave ENC? Um, yeah, I think it was more just like wanted a bit more of a challenge. I'd sort of I was just sort of in the day-to-day there and I think the real big excitement was um you know, that big change going to ENC, doing those things. I'd stopped playing basketball. I wasn't like super in love with that anymore. And so there wasn't really anything like keeping me in Boston. And then I, you know, you were just having such a great time. So I figured, well, why not give that a shot? And I can kind of just recreate that experience of starting all over again. And, and then I guess on the back of that trip that we had with a few of my friends down south to um, yeah, New Orleans, Memphis and Nashville, that week or so after where you actually came to stay in my dorm, I think you got a bit of a taste and a sense for what Augustana was really like. Yeah, definitely. Like um, obviously you don't get a massive sense of a place within the first week, but yeah, I feel like I... I had got enough out of that where I was like, yeah, okay, let's do this. This is the next adventure. Let's send it on this. Yeah. Well, okay. So before we get to Augie, because I think there's so many great things that happen there, but I, I'm interested to hear about what the whole basketball thing was like, because that was the whole reason for going over to the US in the first place. So what was that whole, because you played for one year and then you decided to stop, but what was that year like? Yeah, it was amazing, honestly. Like, I think a lot of people assumed that because I stopped after a year that oh, I didn't really enjoy it at all. But, yeah, that was insane. Like, that was, like, the best thing ever. 
Um, I remember the first practice we did. That was so scary though because I walked into the gym thinking, all right, like let's feel this out a little bit, just take a couple of warm-up shots and, you know, get the feel for who everyone is, have a bit of a chat and, you know, we're all a team here so it should be good. That first session, everyone was out for blood. It was like, I'm going to put my mark on this team. I'm going to be the starter. Everyone was playing so competitive. Like one guy, like I chipped a tooth in that. Oh, God. Some guy hit seven threes in a row over the top of defenders. I was like, what have I got myself into here? Because obviously for that first session, there's no coaches or anything. So it is just like, yeah, just a massive fight for, you know, making your claim in the first session, which um I think is really cool because over here, I feel like people are quite chill about it. A little bit too nice. Like, oh, you're like, we're teammates now. Like, we can, let's go shoot together to warm up. And But over there, especially if the coaches announce, well, no one's got a spot secured. So there's new people coming in. There's the older senior players who have been there for a couple of years that want to prove themselves that they're still, you know, top dogs. Yeah. Yeah, it's a massive fight. It is like, um, and I think it's in a very productive way. And I think that's just the difference in like sports culture. Like, obviously, over here, if you go up the ranks, like I'm sure it's quite similar to that. But I think just in that like pickup culture in America as well, it was like, right, we are playing right here. This is not a friendly pickup game. Have a bit of a run around. This is the real time. (laughs) This is the first session. Like, go for it. So that was um, that was a crazy experience. I remember coming out of that. I was like, oh. Am I actually prepared for this? Like that guy just, like TJ just knocked down like seven threes. What is happening here? Am I good enough to play on this team? Um, and I think as I went along and I got to know the guys a bit better, that you know, um, I found my place in that team for sure. But definitely early on, it was quite a confronting experience for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think just yeah, run out for blood. But you you did say that you had like coming in as a freshman. It's unless you go to yeah, unless you're super talented, you go to a school where like you're going to be the starter. Often the pathway for a freshman is play little to no minutes that first year at least, but you actually got on the court quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, I got to play quite a lot, which I was the goal. Um, I remember I had some D2 colleges that were kind of like, yeah, you might get a game in like three or four years and you'd have to work really hard, which like sounds like I don't want to work hard, but, you know, I was like, yeah, the goal is to play over there. So... When ENC came knocking in a lot of the D3 schools, it was like, yeah, like, you know, you may not be, you're not going to be a starter the first year, but you will get minutes and you will play. And so I thought that was, you know, I wanted the experience of playing and actually being a part of that team rather than sort of warming the bench a bit. Um, and so, yeah, my first season, I got in, got in in my first game and like those first points I scored were like so good. I'll always remember that. Like, yeah, describe that to me. Yeah. So we, we've been talking about it in training. It was... um sort of a new thing to me but the coach was like if someone puts if the defender puts their foot on the three-point line when you don't have the ball you back cut and so but yeah back cut on this guy had an open lane to the ring Dave Eddings just passed the ball bounce pass caught it went up and like I could have dunked that I was just like that adrenaline you get from just that first game I was like up and then just fans in the stands cheering you on yeah like even though ENC was a small school of like 800 I think that first game we had 400 people there so that was one of the larger crowds I'd played in front of at that point. Um, you back cut, get the bounce pass, go up. Probably could have dunked it and then just... Yeah, just finger rolled it in. And um, I remember my friend Ben was in the stands. He's like, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And then was, oi, oi, oi. And it was just, yeah, I was hooked on that. That was so good. Um, and yeah, like I played quite a bit throughout the season, especially over the winter break, doing two sessions a day. And um, 
just living and breathing that. And I felt like that's when I really stepped up. I, I played some really good games against some of like the top uh, scorers in the league at my um, in my position and things like that. And it was yeah, it was just awesome. Really, I had, like the best time. Like it was hard work and. Um, I guess when I stopped playing, I just didn't see the trade-off between all that hard work and the reward from that. Um, but yeah, during that, I just had the best time. Yeah, yeah. It seems like you did really have an amazing basketball experience over in the US, um, which is everything could could have dreamed for, really. And I remember you talking. There was a few different stories you had of some of the players. You, I think, there was one of the games you played at where there's like this dude who was like really physical and stuff and it was going after your guys. And I think you found out like, I don't know, a couple of weeks or months later that he was like in prison. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was posted for bail a couple of weeks after that. It was like this super physical school. Um, I have no idea where we even were, but yeah, everyone was coming hard off screens, hitting each other. Every rebound was just an absolute fight. The crowd's like yapping on and stuff. It was just a real hostile away game. And then, um, yeah, like this one guy in particular was just a bit ridiculous on his physicality. And then, yeah, like a couple of weeks later, we saw on Bleach Report, like the that school was tagged. And we were like, oh, what's going on there? And, yeah, this guy had it like incited basically a riot in the stadium. He punched two guys out. Um, and then the whole like crowd got involved in that as well. And so, yeah, he went to jail and all kinds of stuff. So, it was, yeah, That's crazy. <laughs> we were pretty lucky to get out of that one without a... And then there was another game you told me about where you've yeah you travel on the bus probably to New York or I know what what were the, some of the other surrounding states? Um, we didn't really play in New York. It was mainly we mainly went up, so it was like Vermont, New Hampshire, um, Massachusetts. Yeah, I'd say that was the main okay. ones. Rhode yeah, so Island. Travel on the bus, and then you you're walking into the gym, um, into the stadium, and then you walk past the weight room, and then there's this dude who's like an absolute jack guy, and he's just loaded up the weights with, I don't know, a couple of plates on either side. He's doing bicep curls and you're like, oh, shit, we're playing this guy. Yeah, that's my guy I got to mark up. <laughs> yeah, he was the, the leading rebounder in Division Three. Oh, okay, that's the guy I've got to play against this game. Um, I was so excited for the challenge. Like, I always loved playing up. I didn't. I never really enjoyed playing down, like in those, like, you know, pickup games you play on, like, a Wednesday night or something like that. Like, I never had any fun doing that. But playing up in that situation, yeah, I had the best time. And, like, my job was just to be scrappy on him, just make him tired and just get his, like, make sure he didn't get his rebounds. So, was yeah. that the game where you went over the screen, not under? Nah, that was a, that was a different one. That was sort of towards the end where, um, yeah, I sort of lost my, lost my, like, not lost my mind, but, um, just almost the yips kind of thing. Like, just wasn't playing smart, wasn't really thinking about things. I mean, there's a lot going on. I think I very much struggled to, whenever I stepped on the court in front of, like the 3,000 fans that Augie would get to a game, like I froze up and I couldn't control it. Like it just was something that happened. Mm. Um, so like, and there's tape of me doing like all sorts of stupid things where I'm like playing split line defense. My guy just back cuts. He's like sitting in the key for 10 minutes, gets the ball, like lays it in. It's like, mm. oh God, like that's yeah. just stupid. There's a, a lot of pressure in those games. And I think early on it didn't really affect me. I was just keen to be out there and like get things going. Uh, but, yeah, definitely towards the end, I felt like my head wasn't quite in the right place when I was stepping on the floor and stuff and just doing stupid stuff. Um, but, yeah, this particular game, I remember going to the training session and we drew up this play that the other team had. And I was like, all right, whatever you do, do not cheat under this screen because, like, that's their play. That's how they're going to score. I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. 
So run that for like two hours. Do not go under the screen. Even the day before, we'll oh, even the day of in our shoot around, like, do not go under the screen. All right, cool. So I get subbed in. <laughs> it's a baseline ball, and they're going to run the play. Sweet. He goes over the screen. I take one step. I'm like, oh, no, I'm under the screen. And so I come out, peek out on the other side of the screen, and they've thrown the ball up. This guy is like his waist was up above my head. And he's caught the ball and he just throws it down as hard as he can. He hits <laughs> off the back of the ring and goes to like half court. I was like, I just started walking to the bench. I was like, yeah, sorry, coach. I uh, <laughs> shouldn't have gone under that one. <laughs> Almost got posterized. Yeah, honestly, that would have been the end of my career. They didn't even get it in. So what's the big deal, coach? Yeah, no, it was good defense. So. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's hilarious. Um, is there anything else from your, your basketball experience that you wanted to share? Um. Yeah, I think one of the like the craziest sessions we did, it will always stick with me, was um, we lost a couple of games in a row and it was a bit tense in like the locker rooms and things. Um, two of the guys, like I think one of them misheard what the other one said and thought he was having a cheap shot in. So they got off and like pulled each other's shirts in training and going at it. And I'm just standing there like, what is happening? I'm like, guys. <laughs> and so coach is like, all right, everyone to the sideline. So he makes a little speech and he says, run to the other side. All right, cool. And then he makes a bit more of a speech. Go up and back. All right, fine. And so he makes a bit more speech up three times. Then he just says, okay, four, five, six. I was like, okay, we might go to seven. Seven, go eight. Oh, my God. Nine, ten. Oh. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, we'll go to ten and that's probably it. And then he's like, okay, go back down. Nine, eight. So, oh. <laughs> And so, yeah, that was the hardest session. I remember, like, finishing up that. I was just absolutely dead. And then he's like, all right, well, you know, it seems like practice isn't going to be very good today, so everyone hit the gym. So then we did a weight session after that. I was like, oh, my God. Far out. Yeah, it was almost like the session that we had in would have been Youth League under, and we were only, like, 17 or so, where we we actually had an undefeated season up until that point, and then our, we were just shooting around before training, and our coach walks in, and he said – all right, balls down, you won't need them tonight. Oh, yeah. And then Chills. we're like putting two and two together. We lost our first game. Oh, you know, put the balls down. Well, we're just going to be running that whole session. Yeah, that was terrible. Um, but I guess that just sort of shows the intensity and that level that college sport is. Um, yeah, even at D3, like um, I can't even imagine what Division One would be like. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, I had some sessions where it was just ridiculously hard work and just – completely exhausted just takes everything out of you um but yeah it was it was such a such a great experience to play and it it seems like had a a really great great time playing Mm. yeah it was amazing i had the best time terrific so let's uh is there anything about any other highlights from enc or your time sort of in that boston area that you wanted to share before we move on to augie I'm pretty happy to talk about Augie. Like, yeah, I had a, I had a really good time in Boston. There were some really cool places in there. Uh, it's a good, like, cool little city. Um, but yeah, we went to like I don't know the baseball games and all yeah. sorts of cool things. First like home that. run I saw was over the Green Monster. Um, yeah, What's like the Green the, Monster, the big green wall at um, whatever the stadium is there. I can't even remember anymore. That's the Mets Stadium. No, no, no. no. Um, Red Sox. Red Sox. Yeah, they. Um, called i did a tour there yeah yeah fenway fenway yeah yeah no so that was pretty cool um the patriots won a couple of super bowls while we were there so we went to all the oh yeah of parades and things that was yeah. insane um yeah tom brady in his 
still well, still in his prime. He's been in his prime for twenty years. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> Brady and Gronk. Yeah, carrying the team to winning another. Yeah, yeah, another Super Bowl. Yeah, Gronk and um, yeah, Brady was just insane to watch. And then we also did like the St. Paddy's Day. A parade as well, which was super fun. Like people are just throwing potatoes in the street, and everyone's got their Dunkin' Donut cups filled with like vodka and stuff. It was, yeah, a lot of fun. Wild experiences, yeah, and yeah, all those all those experiences that you did tell me about. I mean, you said that it seemed like I was having a great time. Well, like a lot of the stuff that you did, like sounded really cool, and even just sharing them now, it's like yeah, that was super super awesome stuff. Yeah, yeah, I had such a good time at ENC. Um, but yeah, I think when I decided to move on, it was definitely the right call. Yeah. So you decided it was time for change. I think the main hesitancy from actually transferring was that you thought that maybe like the credits wouldn't translate over. Um, but that's when Wade Gamar, shout out to Wade. We love Wade. He helped Max um, in the international programs office do all the, I don't know, the transcripts or whatever else you have to do. And um, yeah, basically got Max to be able to come over to Augustana for yeah, the last yeah. year and a half, I think it was. It was really tight. And I think not just the, I guess, um, expected result on that, but uh, like I did not want to do an extra semester. Like I said before, I was like trying to make that even shorter. Um, so yeah, shout out to Wade for making that possible. But yeah, I the transfer was like, you have to get, like, you have to pass every class and you have to do the classes in this order and it will be tight, but you will make it. So um, I think... The change as well, like obviously just inertia, like it's difficult to make that decision to jump across when you're in that routine. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad I did that because again, it was just another adventure. Like it basically got to start that whole college experience again. Yeah. And well, there was, I mean, the alternative was almost, well, maybe I'd just stop there and just come, come back home to Australia and not finish with a college degree. And that was a real option there for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, a tough decision but definitely made the right call with Augie. Um, it was it was difficult coming to Augie at the beginning. It was much easier than I think it would be for a typical transfer student. I think anyone who transfers, like, that is a huge decision because it is very difficult to do because you're all of a sudden going to this new place with not knowing many people. Like I knew you and um, Zawad and Nyaki, which was lucky. But other than that, yeah, like, if you just went in without any knowledge of anyone, that would be so tough because... In freshman year, you get all the other group activities and things like that that help you make friends, and everyone's in that same boat. Whereas by the time you transfer, everyone's already got their groups and things like that. So I think it's quite an unnatural way of doing it, but it worked out. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, at least you had, or me, obviously you knew super well, and then a few other friends that you had met um, of mine as well. So Yeah, and then we did that Black, um, Black Hills trip as well. Oh, we did too. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, uh, that wasn't as soon as you started because you started halfway through junior year. Um, mm. So, yeah, you just kind of got thrown into stuff. Um, and then well, so how were those classes and stuff when you – because I think they may have been a little bit challenging and a bit of a reality check when um, you started to go into some of the classes at Augustana. Yeah, it definitely was. Like uh, ego got a bit hurt on that first class because um, the way it worked as well, I had to take classes that I hadn't done prerequisites prerequisites for to make sure that I because I was doing it in a short amount of time so my first class was or my first test was investment fundamentals which sounds probably pretty easy but the two prerequisites were accounting 101 and like principles of finance I hadn't done either of those so 
I come in and this is my first test and Kepsel's known for being quite a hard test taker his as well. His tests were impossibly hard. Yeah. He just I think he would purposely trick his students. Yeah. He was good like that. He was such a good like I loved his classes, but I hated his tests. Like they just gave me so much anxiety. Um, especially after the first one. So like after basically getting hundred percent on all my exams at ENC, like finding it very easy. Um Came into Capsule's class, took that test. I was like, there's nothing on this exam that I understand or know or anything. And because, you know, I my study habits were pro- probably not great. So I came in. I got the result back for that. I got a 42%. Like, oh, no, I've made a mistake. I need to go back. <laughs> I remember, yeah, you were just in shock. You're like, is it really this hard? Like, what the hell? Yeah, I was shocked. Like, I could not believe that that was like a standard test. And to be fair, it was like three classes ahead of where I personally was. Yeah, I was I was genuinely thinking like second guessing that on whether Augie was the right place for me at that point. Yeah. So how did you manage with your other classes? Yeah, I think all of them were it was definitely a step up which I really enjoyed. Um and yeah, I think now that I'm actually working in like business and sales, I think a lot of the things that I learned in those classes are actually clicking into place now. Seeing it on a piece of paper didn't really mean anything to me, but now that some of those principles are actually coming out, like those classes make a lot more sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I think, yeah, some of Capsule's classes, I don't think I've quite applied in my everyday life yet, but um, like accounting and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, he was a great professor. Um, what what were sort of some of the other challenges, I guess, you faced at Augie? Um, I think just not knowing anyone was a big one, but... Really, I steered into that skid quite a lot. Uh, that was super fun. And I think the cafeteria just like as a natural meeting place was quite good as well. I just met a lot of people from, hey, can I sit here or, you know, things like that. It was good because it was super packed. So you kind of did have to sit with people most of the time. Um, and I think, yeah, being an Australian in America is kind of a cheat code for just making friends and just everything. Like um, I remember... The job that I got at the hotel, I literally saw the job online, didn't even apply for it. I just walked down and started talking to the person that I'd seen the job. Half an hour later, we didn't even mention the job or any of the responsibilities or anything. They're like, yeah, yeah, do you want a job? Like, we just talked about Australia all that time. And they're like, yeah, yeah, come on yeah, in. Yeah, come on, we'd love you. Yeah, especially in South Dakota, a lot of people are like, what? <laughs> like, you could not be further from here. Yeah, so. and that, that was an internship, wasn't it? Uh, that one was just a regular job. It was, but yeah. But okay. yeah, then like the internship I got with Rock as well. Like, um, yeah, I definitely got quite an extra boost just from being from Australia. They're like, "What are you doing out here? What's going on?" And you just become like it. It does hurt your ego. Well, it builds that a bit because yeah, everyone wants to know a little bit about you just because it's so different to where you know what they've experienced. Might have been a little bit of oh, he's Zach's brother as well. Yeah, you should get to know him. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You um, your reputation definitely made made things <laughs> a lot easier there too. So. I don't know about that. But anyway, um, do you want to talk a little bit about that internship with Rock? Because I think that was kind of a, a unique experience. Yeah, that was super cool. Um, and Rock was awesome as well. Like, I still keep in contact with him. Uh, so he was an ex-Augie student and he took on an, an intern every, I think, six months. Um, so, yeah, I was doing a lot of, like, marketing and things like that. And I was working uh, within the government sector for... Um, I can't even remember. <laughs> I can't even remember. But yeah, I was working in that government sector and basically we were helping local South Dakotan businesses export to other countries. So I met all these general consulates from like Peru, from um, Bolivia, 
Spain, Belgium, like all over the world. And then we just took factory tours into all these places in South Dakota where they were doing some really cool stuff. So the soybean to, factory, you no longer like. I can't food. drink soy milk. Yeah. yeah, that was like, like I don't know if anyone that's listening has been into a like recycle plant. That smells really bad. If you go into like somewhere that's like making soybeans, that is the worst smell ever. Like I literally cannot drink soy milk anymore. <laughs> and then you, you were there with all the consulates and yeah, it seemed like it was just a, a really cool experience. Um, yeah, working with Rock in that, that sort of export industry. Yeah, yeah. It was definitely a really cool experience, especially in the fact that I suppose up until that point, I didn't kind of realize how much of an impact you can have at sort of a younger age. Like people actually did listen to me even though I was only like 20 years old, like they're like, oh, okay, like, you know, you work in that sector. Can I have your advice on this and stuff, which was really awesome. And I think that really opened me up to seeing like, okay, you don't have to know everything and you don't have to be, you know, you don't have to have 20 years of experience to actually have an impact and to help people, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, at your time at Augie, I'm just trying to think, what were some of the other highlights of your time there? Yeah, I think um, all the volleyball was super good, especially that uh, midnight volleyball tournament. That was like so yeah, much fun. Yeah, uh, Augie holds uh, They do a, a lot of different, you know, they do the late night basketball showcase, but there was a late night volleyball one as well. Yeah, um, so four on four. Had, um, yeah, a couple of girls on my team, and it was just the best. Like we... I think we started in the highest comp and kind of realized, oh, probably not. And so we dropped down one. But, yeah, played until, like, the grand final was at 2 a.m. And we ended up losing. But, yeah, which kind of hurt a bit. <laughs> but it was still, yeah, it was such an awesome experience to do that. And we had the um, the volleyball club as well where we'd get together, was it once a week? Maybe even more than that. Um, and, yeah, just play against one another in the Almond Center. Yeah, that's definitely one of, like, the best things about college is that probably not going to be surrounded by as many people that are like-minded and the same age in that same space ever again after that so like going to something like volleyball club you make that group even smaller and even more like common interest i suppose and so it's just such an awesome way to make friends because you're just playing a sport that everyone likes and then you get to have a chat and hang out and i don't know go get some wings afterwards or something yeah well i mean it, it didn't take you long to make a whole bunch of friends you had all sorts of different friend groups of people that maybe I'd met once or twice here and there over the first couple of years. But, yeah, you made your own sort of friend group as well, which I thought was really cool. We didn't have to always just hang out with one another, even though we were living on the same floor um, with a few other guys. I think these was on that floor we had. We were talking about that the other day. Um, and also, yeah, Kevin was up there too. So Yeah, yeah, all the back-to-college people. Yeah, yeah, all the crew. Yeah, it was such a... Like, yeah, I was so lucky to just meet so many awesome people. Uh, yeah, had the best time. And, um, yeah, keen as to just see everyone, and, like, when I go travelling again. Um, I was lucky enough to go back to Sioux Falls last year and just see a bunch of people, which was really cool. And then I went over to Vietnam and saw Tom. Um, yeah, need to get to Norway. I mean, Stig lives here now. So, yeah, so that's a little bit of a tease. Oh, yeah. Tune in for next week. <laughs> yeah, next week we could be having a, an episode with, with Stig as well. But, um, yeah, we'll unpack that with him. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's so cool how Augie's international, stu uh, international student program just reaches so many different places because um, you just have all these people from all over the world that you just know. So I know if I travel to any country, I'll probably run into people. Like I got to see Harley from Vietnam and Marcus from Norway in Vietnam. 
it just happened to both be there at the same well all three of us to be there at the same time it was so awesome yeah yeah it really unlocks all those opportunities and i feel like you really get a big sense of the world and, and allows you to explore that and, and go visit people in all the different countries which is i mean i'm the same i, I visited tom last year in vietnam and like to see him in his element um it's just yeah it's a whole another awesome experience as well mm, definitely yeah um, what were some of your time at Augie? Did you, I think, did you have any um, challenges with, um, well, because I guess you had a different major by that point too. Was that kind of as you transferred across, you decided, oh, I'm going to do business now? I was business in my sophomore year. Um and then when I got to Augie, I added the finance emphasis and that was just because I could really. <laughs> yeah. That was what I was really interested in. And so a lot of the business classes I had to take, I only had to take like an extra finance class or something. So I just, yeah, just added that on, which, um, yeah, I really enjoyed. Yeah. We seem to, yeah, enjoy those classes a lot. Um, and obviously now you're benefiting, benefiting a lot from taking all those classes. I think the only shared class we had was, what was the class with Jason Harris? Um, yeah, business law. Business law. I he, love that class. He's um such a funny professor. Yeah, he was awesome. And like, yeah, like some of those things I still talk about, like that spelunking um, case study in there. Like I remember that was on the first lessons we did in that. And I, I talked to people about that probably a bit too much. It's a bit weird, but. What is the spelunking dilemma? Yeah, it's just about, um, it's basically a way to test a generalization of like how you see how the law should operate uh, or how the court system should operate. So it was a really cool one. Um, also, the peanut M&Ms he brought in every day. Yeah, that was definitely one of my like favourite classes. There was one class we walked in. He had the disco ball on the big screen playing and he had the, I think it was, what um, Never Gonna Give You Up was playing as well, <laughs> I think, as we were walking in. And, it, I mean, it's just, it's business law. It's probably like the most boring class ever. <laughs> but he he did make it really fun and entertaining. Yeah, there's definitely some teachers I had over the, the years at Augie and ENC that, yeah, really enjoyed what they did and definitely made those classes way more enjoyable. Were there any other ones in particular that yeah, stand out? Dr. Capsule, for sure. Even though his tests, like, almost killed me. Um, he was awesome and, like, I learned so much in those classes as well. And then um, Professor Murphy at ENC, he was, he was so good. He, like, didn't believe in tests, which I'm not a great test taker. He was all about, like, writing papers and things like that and building reports, um based on like real world things and so I had the best time in his classes um, yeah definitely like suited what I needed to do but then also like I learned a lot from that too yeah and Dr. Kepsel was someone who we'd often face in volleyball but also in volleyball which do you want to s describe what volleyball is because that was something new to us that we learnt while we were over there yeah it's a shame that it's not more of like a thing elsewhere but so it's in a a racquetball court and then there's a net put in the middle and then you basically just play volleyball inside that and yeah there were so many times we just went down to the gym and played that because it was awesome because you only needed four people so I think we could play that a lot more readily than we did volleyball and the staff would often have a, a little crew together as well that would play like Mark Hecht who runs the the Almond Centre he was always in there playing Dr. Kepsel, um, Jeff Benekamp as well was in there. Yeah, yeah. When I went back last year, I actually got to play again with all those guys. So that was awesome. Yeah. And we even, um, we actually implemented new rules. Well, 
they implemented new rules because of us because we were abusing the system. We would actually, because when we were growing up, there was um, at our primary school, there was a basketball hoop um, on, on a wall and we'd jump, jump onto the wall and then jump up and we'd be able to get so much higher and then we could dunk the ball. So we were pretty good at jumping off walls. So we decided, oh, volleyball, we're in this enclosed box here in the racquetball court. Well, why don't we jump off the, the wall and just <laughs> beat the, yeah, spike the ball straight down. And I think that really intimidated a lot of people because, like, you physically can't stop that. Like, yeah. if you're blocking like this, well, someone's looking down on top, so you can't can't stop it. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're doing something right when you alter the rules, eh? Yeah, yeah. So that was that was good fun. Were there any other sort of activities or outside of class things that you really enjoyed? Um, as a one-off event, the haunted house that the Elman Center put on was definitely a highlight. That was yeah, so cool. I yeah, I was so in shock that like a university can just put that together in like a short amount of time. But yeah, I had so much fun doing that. Yeah, so they kind of deck out the whole Almond Center, which is like the sports complex, and they sort of start that you have different time slots you have to get in early so you can sign up because Halloween, like everyone wants to go and they always do an amazing job. So it's Yeah, Halloween in the US is just a whole nother board game, like um ball game, sorry. Yeah, like um oh, so good. Just yeah. that event in like by itself, but then all the other like things that come with that. So much fun. Yeah, and then they would at in the Elman they would get like a student, they'd sort of create some sort of narrative where it might be, I don't know, some detective is like, Come with me guys, we gotta find who's doing this and then there'll be yeah, all sorts of zombies and I don't know, scary people reaching out and grabbing you and yeah, just doing all sorts of crazy stuff as you walk through. So the Elman Centre haunted house, like they do an amazing job. Yeah, just the Augie in general does such a good job of making like different events and things for people. Like I suppose when like an organ like when a school or something puts on an event, typically you think, oh, it's lame. Like, I'm not gonna go to that. But they genuinely made weekends like difficult to decide on like where I wanted to go. Do I want to go to this party? Do I want to go to that party? Do I want to go to that club? Or do I want to do the thing that Augie was doing? It was yeah, paralyzing how much choice you had. It was awesome. Yeah. So many choices. And and talking about Halloween, you actually spent a Halloween in Salem which is where all, I don't even really know too much about it, like the witches and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was like the place for the witch hunt. So that was probably like an hour from our university in Boston and we went out there for Halloween and that was insane. Like everyone's dressed up. There's no one in like regular clothes. Um, yeah, that was just a whole other experience on its own. And there was, I think you were walking, th- I saw videos of you like walking through the street and there's just mobs of people marching down the street dressed up in crazy costumes. Like people are just going well above and beyond yeah, it was almost like Comic Con in the streets, like or something like that. Like everyone's just dressed up. It, yeah, that was so cool. Like definitely recommend being around that area for Halloween. And was that where they had like the real haunted houses where people would I don't know grab you and do all sorts of like torturous stuff to you? <laughs> no, I did that one in New York, and like you had to sign a waiver saying like oh, people could touch you and stuff. So, um, yeah, I quite like I really like haunted houses, but yeah, that one probably took it a bit far. A little bit too much. <laughs> Yeah, like that's real fear when people are touching you and grabbing you and doing yeah, all sorts of stuff. Like breathe it, breathe yeah. it on your neck. Yeah, some girl just like went and grabbed onto my leg and I was at the back. I'm like, do I like I'm gone. kick her up? I'm like, what's the go here? Yeah, am I allowed to retaliate? Yeah. Terrific. So I think that, that sort of encapsulates a lot of the experience that you had both at ENC and Augie. So I think I like to ask the question, what letter grade you would give your experience? So... I think we should do two. So what mm. would your letter grade be for E and C? Yeah, A. I think both of them are A's. Both A's? Um, I think that's just sort of a perspective thing. Like even though, you know, you could go back and you could change certain things and 
do different things. I think if you just accept it for what it is and how much I learned and how much I grew in those times, I think both of them are A's for like really different reasons. Yeah. And then so there wasn't any anything that would sort of pull it down at all? Any challenging moments or um, just all a roller coaster and you like in hindsight, I guess you're, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like the hard stuff doesn't seem as hard now. But yeah, I think all of it is just part of the journey and that's what makes it like really enjoyable, I suppose. Like all the really hard things, like not knowing anyone, uh, going into a place you don't like understand. Um, all of those little things are what, makes it yeah really enjoyable in my mind yeah is there anything else that you'd like to share maybe after we've been talking maybe some memories have sparked up anything at all um, open for <laughs> i think one of the really cool things is that everyone had like their own experience of college so i remember talking to um lauren ostley after i'd finished so like this was last year and she said oh one of my like favorite moments was when um, like you and Zach was doing something and saying this and um, yeah, that's just like really stuck in my mind. Like, I can't remember that. <laughs> like, I don't remember that at all. But I think that's the really cool thing is that everyone had their own experience and people remember different things. So that's why I think this podcast is really cool because yeah, you get to talk about everyone's different experience. So some of the things that you remember and really stuck out to you or you know, some of the things that I remember and stuck out to me might be completely different for other people. That's exactly why I'm doing the podcast and that's exactly what I found too is people's perspectives of things because I've got my own map of how my journey sort of went but asking people about similar things that happened along the way that stuck out for me may not have been for other people but then there's been other things that, yeah, other struggles people have gone through and other things that they've just found awesome. So mm. that's amazing that you share that. Yeah, I think the college experience especially as someone international or moving away from home is something that's quite special. I think... um a lot of my friends who go to college here or university here, you know, they take the train in, they go to the classes and they came back and they didn't really get to meet people, have those experiences. And I think those experiences that come with all of the education, everything, that was the part that really made everything like amazing. Yeah. So is there any advice that you'd give someone maybe who's coming from, I think Australia, but any other country and wanting to maybe pursue basketball as like an athlete in the US college system? Yeah, I think everything of that magnitude in terms of like change in your life is going to be terrifying. But I think if that's something that you want to do, and obviously like it's a smart financial decision or whatever, I think it's something that's like 100% worth doing. As an international student, I think I learned so much, like, you know, sounds super cliche, but about myself. And um, yeah, you just get thrown in the deep end and it's just, experience now where I think you know if I travel somewhere I get put in like difficult situations where maybe it's a bit socially awkward like I feel like yeah I'm just well prepared for that because I've had the time under the bar having those uncomfortable experiences terrific all right well Max thank you so much for coming back to college with me yeah thank you very much pleasure to be back <laughs> <laughs>